plans for my crazy day. My packed commute. All those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. <laughs> Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation, the NFL for FanRag Sports, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. It is Expert Tuesday, and after some scheduling issues, you're stuck with me as the expert. We will we will try and make sure we, we get things worked out for next week. Um, it is my goal to continue to bring you new voices and new insight to uh, the team that, that you love. So... I apologize. We will have um, a, an opponent Wednesday. Joe Goodberry is, is going to join us to talk about the Cincinnati Bengals. But for today, you're stuck with just me again. And let's start with the Packers injuries because it was something that we discussed a little bit yesterday but weren't able to get into because there was so much other meaty, juicy details from the game to discuss. And so now that we're a step beyond that, there was some news yesterday that Mike Daniels, Jordy Nelson, and Randall Cobb all avoided serious injury. So before we even look at their timetable for return, that is very good news. Part of the problem, though, is these are soft tissue injuries. Jordy Nelson has a quad, Daniels is a hamstring, and Randall Cobb's is a shoulder, which is probably ligament, so it's not it's not soft tissue in the same way. We don't we don't really know what the deal is there. But for Jordy and, and Mike Daniels in particular, those injuries could be healed tomorrow. They could be healed in two or three weeks. We don't know. We have seen on this team someone like Clay Matthews have a hamstring injury that lasts four, five, six, seven, eight weeks. Casey Hayward had a soft tissue in- injury that basically um, hampered him for an entire season. Adam Schefter reported this morning that that while Nelson doesn't have a serious injury, he's about 50-50 to play this week. Against a team like Cincinnati, who has not scored a touchdown yet this year and who has looked terrible, absolutely awful offensively in particular, it shouldn't take a Herculean effort from this offense to win the game at home. It should not. Doesn't mean it won't, but it shouldn't. So if, if Cobb and Nelson can't go, this offense should still be able to score enough to win the game because Cincinnati should not be able to score enough to win the game. Of the players who were injured in in week two, Mike Daniels is the most important for this week. If for no other reason than the Cincinnati Bengals' biggest weakness right now is their offensive line. They cannot block anyone. They couldn't block the Texans. They couldn't block the Ravens. And that's the reason more than anything else that they can't score. They can't run the ball. They can't protect Andy Dalton. They should not be able to score enough points 
against this Packers defense, despite what we saw Sunday night to win the game. Part of that is because Cincinnati isn't very good. And part of that is because, look, Atlanta's offense is really good. They made the Packers defense look bad at times. And they still only scored 27 points against a team playing without its best player. The Bengals should not get to 20 in this game. And if Mike Daniels plays, it's hard to think that they should get to 14 or 17. And so if that's the case, the Packers should win. That means being able to be conservative with Jordy Nelson, be conservative with Randall Cobb. But these injuries do matter. We saw the result of Jordy Nelson not playing. Aaron Rodgers, normally one of the best, if not the best quarterback when pressured in the league, had a rating under 40 when pressured against the Atlanta Falcons. Part of that is because that safety blanket of knowing that Jordy Nelson is going to be where Rodgers thinks he's going to be and knows that he will make the catch. Not having that is a critical part of what makes Aaron Rodgers and Jordy Nelson so great. They have this bond that no other quarterback and receiver has. Without that, the offense did not look the same. That security blanket. And that security blanket should be also someone like Martellus Bennett. But when you drop three, four, five passes, it's hard for the quarterback to trust that you're going to be where you need to be and make the play. Now, there is a potential here, in my opinion, for a a blessing in disguise if Cobb cannot go this week. Trevor Davis played in his stead in the fourth quarter, and I think the Packers need to find a way to get Trevor Davis ready to play. They wanted to do it last year. They said it outright. Mike McCarthy said, I want to get Trevor Davis more touches, and he didn't. And part of that was because they had to they had to do so much moving around with Ty Montgomery in the running game, and, and they were focused on other things. And Jordy Nelson started playing so well from the slot that they just said, Trevor Davis, chill out. But getting that ability to push the ball down the field and getting someone with the kind of explosive speed and playmaking ability that Trevor Davis has shown, that is critical for this offense. The Packers offense, now part of this was because they couldn't block, but they could not push the ball down the field against the Falcons. I understand if you can't block and you can't, you don't have offensive tackles that you trust, you can't do that. But the, the Packers tackles, Kyle Murphy in particular, Mike McCarthy said it after the game. They just stopped giving him help after the second quarter. He handled his responsibilities. Now, part of that is because Vic Beasley got hurt. But Kyle Murphy can be the starting tackle on this team and be okay. So if the Packers get one of their tackles back this week, they should be okay offensively in terms of protecting Aaron Rodgers. The other good news when it comes to the offensive tackles is the Bengals do not have a ferocious edge pass rush. That is a tongue twister and a half. Carl Lawson has come in as a rookie and played played well. Carlos Dunlap is a solid player. They're not terrorizing teams off the edge. They have to account for those guys, the Packers do. But it's not like they're playing the Seahawks in week one. Getting Jordy Nelson back would mean getting the third best passer rating in football when targeted per per pro football focus. When Aaron Rodgers throws it to Jordy Nelson, he has the third highest passer rating of any receiver in the league. This has been true essentially any year that, that Jordy has been on the field. When Rodgers throws to Jordy, good things happen. And so to not have that piece is a big problem. But against a team like the Bengals that has struggled to score so incredibly this season, Devontae Adams, Geronimo Allison, and Trevor Davis, with Martellus Bennett and Kendricks and Ty Montgomery, that should be enough. That should be enough. Now, whether or not it will be is a different question. 
But part of the reason it should be enough is because the Packers found something with Ty Montgomery. Against the Falcons, he had 16 touches, 110 yards, and two touchdowns. And when the offense needed to make a play in the first half, they started splitting Montgomery out wide. They had that big play where the Falcons essentially forgot to cover him on a slant arrow concept that the Packers love to use. And one of the reasons why they can do that is because he was a receiver. So when if he's playing running back, you split him out. Opposing defenses aren't going to put a corner on him. They're going to use a safety or a linebacker. He is the Packers' best mismatch player at this point. And they're going to continue to use him that way. And if they can use him in the run game, I know the running game numbers weren't particularly impressive, three and a half yards a carry against the Falcons. But the, the ability to use him all over the field, the Packers used him off play action. He is a weapon that the defenses have to account for. And if, if he is healthy, Devontae Adams showed what he couldn't in 2015 when Nelson went down. That when Nelson is not in there, Devontae Adams can be a legitimate number one receiver for this football team. And so the combination of Ty Montgomery, Devontae Adams, the tight ends, and if they can get one of their tackles back, they should be good enough offensively to beat the Bengals this week. Now that's not saying a whole lot, because theoretically the Packers should be good enough to prevent them from scoring a whole bunch, but this offense should look better against this Bengals defense than it did against Atlanta, if for no other reason they're playing at home, and that we expect the offensive line to play better. We expect Aaron Rodgers to play better, frankly. I want to tell you about a cool promotion that we're doing. We've, we've partnered with Pro Football Focus, and we are giving away a Pro Football Focus Edge subscription. And we're doing that because there's so much cool information in there. Even, even I know people have some issues with the grades that they put out and the, and the ratings, but there is a wealth of information that you can get from Pro Football Focus in terms of fantasy data, targets, Coverage snaps, all sorts of really great information that that you can get there that will help you in your fantasy league. It'll help you be the smart person at the bar. All sorts of stuff. To enter, all you have to do is go to iTunes and leave a review for Lockdown Packers, which you should we should do anyway. I'd appreciate it. Tell us what you think of the podcast. Put your Twitter handle in the review. And each week, we will choose a random winner to get that Edge subscription. And if you want more of that content, Jeff Ratcliffe, who's the director of fantasy for Pro Football Focus, he joins Locked on Fantasy every Thursday. And Mike Renner joins Locked on NBA every Wednesday. So that is other opportunities that you have to get smarter about the sports that you love. Opportunities for you to win your fantasy league. You need the good data if you want to win. Assuming you play with smart other people in your league. You may not. You may be in one of those leagues where you're the ringer and everyone else just doesn't have a clue what they're doing. That's possible, and that's fine. I want to talk a little bit about a piece that I wrote for Acme Packing Company, and that is the Packers' offense in the first half has been atrocious this season. In the second half, it's been great, but in the first half, it's been terrible. And the Packers have always been huge on getting off to a fast start. I've never heard a coach or a quarterback or an offense say, we want to get off to a slow start. But the Packers offense has been doing that. In nine first-half possessions, during which the Packers were trying to score, which is to say not kneel downs at the end of the half, they scored just one time. Outside of that one score, which was the opening possession against the Falcons, they have six punts and two interceptions in the first half. 
Now, the Seahawks might have the best defense in football, and the Falcons have a much improved defense. Packers are playing on the road without their offensive tackles and their best receiver. So I understand. But in the second half, on possessions where the Packers were trying to score, they did so on six occasions. And they had another possession, not in that nine or six, that sealed the game against the Seahawks. So basically, if you're looking at 10 possessions, they were successful in some way or another on seven of them in the second half. That's really, really good. Now, part of that is the Falcons played a little bit vanilla in the second half. They were up big. And on one of those possessions that didn't end up in a touchdown for the Packers resulted in a touchdown for the Falcons. But this is something that has to get remedied for the Packers. If they start scoring in the first half like they do in the second half, they're going to win a lot more games. If they had scored in the first half against the Falcons like they did in the second half, they had a chance to win. And we talked yesterday about some of the reasons why that didn't happen and some of the things that held them back. But the offense in the first half has to play better. Now, before we before we get out of here, I want to switch to the other side of the ball because there's something that I think needs to be discussed at greater length than we did yesterday, and that is the Packers' secondary. Mike McCarthy in his press conference last night said, if anything, he's earned the right to potentially play more about Kevin King. Now, that is... Very couched language. Earned the right to potentially play more. So he has the chance to maybe earn more playing time. I don't know what that means at this point, but here's what I do know. No cornerback in football through two weeks has been thrown at less often than Devon House on a per-snap basis. And that's not because Devon House is doing his best Darrell Revis impression. It's because quarterbacks are throwing at Quentin Rollins and Demarius Randall. Quarterbacks are 11 of 11. That's really bad for a corner. For 116 yards when targeting Quentin Rollins. 10 of those are from the slot. And they're 8 for 12 for 146 when targeting Demarius Randall. The only good news there is they have not allowed a touchdown pass yet this season. Kevin King needs to be on the field. And not just because he was a top pick. Not just because he has freakish athletic ability. Not just because he had one good game against the Falcons, but because the other options are just not good enough. Quentin Rollins can't be a slot corner. I wrote about it today for Acme Packing Company. He can't. There are plenty of cornerbacks in the NFL who run 4-5 like he did. But in terms of his short area quickness at the combine, in the 14th percentile in the three cone, which is an agility drill, and then 22nd percentile in the 20-yard shuttle, which is another change of direction drill. You cannot play in the slot if that's your athletic ability. You just can't. So what the Packers need to do if this defense is going to be good moving forward is Kevin King needs to be on the outside, and you need to just live with taking your lumps. He's a rookie. He's going to give up some plays. Throw him into the fire. Let him let him sink or swim on his own merit. And Demarius Randall is the slot. Because it can't be Quentin Rollins. Just can't. You can't be a successful defense if Quentin Rollins is your slot corner. Now, if you want to play him as a linebacker or you want to play him as a Rome player like they did with Micah Hyde, who has a, a similar athletic profile, go nuts. Morgan Burnett is a linebacker now. 53 out of 58 snaps he played linebacker. The Nitro package is Green Bay's base defense. But what is, what is hard for me to deal with is given that that is true. And given how much man coverage the Packers want to play, then you need to put Devon House on Julio Jones and make 
their quarterback throw to their best receiver against your best corner. Because if you do not do that, if you just play sides, they're going to throw at the other guy more often than not. And that's, that's not to say that Devon House is a great corner. He's not. He's fine. But teams are not going to throw at him if they have a choice. You put Morgan Burnett on Julio Jones in the slot, they're going to throw at him. You put Quentin Rollins on Julio Jones in the slot, they're going to throw at him. You put Julio Jones on Demarius Randall on the outside, they're going to throw at him. So even though Devon House is not a shutdown corner, you have to put your best player on their best player. Because you're going to play man coverage. If you're, if you're going to play cover two or cover three and you're going to be a zone team, then it, then it matters less. Put your guy on your side like the Seahawks do with Sherman, like the Panthers used to do with Josh Norman, and just let him go. And, you, and you're, you're just going to have to live with the results. But this is why you have to put Kevin King on the field. He showed the potential of a really good cornerback against the Falcons. He acquitted himself as an NFL player. So you have to adjust your defense accordingly. Quentin Rollins, we know what he is and what he isn't. He had some nice plays as a rookie. He's not athletic enough to be a starting corner in the NFL. He's just not. We saw it last year. It looked like that could have been just injuries. No. Through two weeks, we've seen he's just not an NFL corner. Not a starting one, anyway. I still have I still have some confidence in Demarius Randall. What we saw as a rookie was not a mirage. He played really well at times. The footwork is still sloppy. Kevin King needs to be on the field for this team. Because we've seen... We've seen what the options are. And if you need to beat a team like Atlanta, a team that will show if you have weaknesses, particularly with speed and athleticism in the secondary, you need to fix that. Devon House can run. Demarius Randall can run. Kevin King can run. Josh Hawkins can run. Quentin Rollins can't run. And not only can he not run, he can't change direction effectively enough to play in the slot. This is, this is just... What what the game film says. This is just what the production says. This is not even a hot take. He's just not there. I want to remind you one more time about the giveaway we're doing with Pro Football Focus. You can win an Edge subscription, which is a $40 value. Get player grades, snap counts, position ranks, fantasy projections. Their, fa- their fantasy data is really, really helpful. And it will help you win your league. All you have to do to enter Go to the Locked On Packers iTunes page. Leave a review, rate us, and put your Twitter handle in your review. If you don't have a Twitter handle, you should get one. But you probably have a Twitter handle. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably have a Twitter handle. So leave your Twitter handle, and we are going to pick someone at random every week to win one of these subscriptions. It would be really appreciated if you left a rating. It helps us, and it can help you. I also suggest you go to acmepackingcompany.com to check out more Packers coverage. I've got a lot of content that's going to go up there this week. I also suggest FanRag Sports. I suggest Lockdown Packers. All of the, the FanRag Sports content about the Packers is going to be on Lockdown Packers, including this podcast. So you can get everything you need between, between Acme Packing Company and FanRag Sports coverage of the Packers. I don't know what else you need. AcmePackingCompany.com, LockdownPackers.com. You're good. We will have Opponent Wednesday tomorrow. That we can be sure of. And then we're going to preview the game on Thursday. Packers-Bengals, hopefully we'll have more information on, on the injury situation at that point. 
and we will have a lot to talk about between now and then. So as always, stay locked on Packers. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org catalyst.